All right, hey guys, uh, welcome to the first ever episode of Sports Talk 316. Uh, I'm Brett Colburn, and sitting alongside my buddy here, Shane Wellman, and uh, yeah, we're we're starting up this podcast. We're talking a little bit, uh, a little bit of sports, uh, a little bit of faith, things that we just love talking about, and so we figured we'd record them um, just because it'd be fun. I don't know, it seems like a good time. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. So um, I guess we'll just get right into it. Um, we're, we we kind of watched the NFL draft take place uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you know just we got some time to let it sink in, let it breathe a little bit. Um, so we're gonna do you want to talk some winners and losers of the draft? Um, I've got one quick nugget here. This is this is something I feel pretty hyped up about. You know, drafts are won in the middle rounds, but drafts are lost in the first round. Feel good oh, about that. that is feel good about that wisdom. quote. I feel like it. Yeah. Wisdom that needs to be on like a magazine or something. <laughs> Um, um, bumper sticker. Bump. Yes. Yes. yes that's there what we go. Need. Yeah. You want to kick us off here? What, what, who we got? Who we got as a winner for the NFL draft? You know, two thousand nineteen. Yeah. So my first winner here. I know you said winners are lost in the early rounds, <laughs> but the Washington Redskins picked up two key players with Dwayne Haskins following them at sixteen. Montez Sweat late in the first round. They traded back into the first round. To I get believe Montez so. Yeah. Sweat. Um, two big key key. Key players for them. I know they're planning on Dwayne Haskins sitting for a little bit behind Case Keenum. I do think he's going to get some starts, uh, maybe double digits. Um, no offense to Case Keenum, but you're drafting 16 overall. You're going to look for him to get some starts. And Montez Sweat was an animal mm-hmm. at at the combine. Ran on what sub four six, like four five four four, just a beast. And then in the later rounds, you picked up two more play, playmakers with Terry McLaurin, and then you also picked up Bryce Love from Stanford. So yeah. I think that that was a pretty good draft for playmaker wise on the offensive side of the ball, and then picking up Montez Sweat in the first round is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I love that draft. They did a lot of stuff. Terry McGoran, even though he's an Ohio State guy, he was a, he was a he was one of those like grinders on special teams. He played like a thousand snaps. I feel like um, so those I feel like those kind of guys that have been there done that little yeah. chip on the shoulder mid round pick. I feel like that's going to work and out. You know, well. if you if you're looking for him to get some snaps, it's not that bad that he already has chemistry with the quarterback you draft in the that first round. That does help. That yeah, does help. So. Yeah, got got to like that idea. Um, so I'll go. One of my winners here, uh, Miami Dolphins. Now they are not winners in any <laughs> right ever. Um, I really kind of liked what they did here. First of all, Christian Wilkins from Clemson, absolute animal. He's a mainstay kind of guy. Um, he was like the leader of that Clemson defense for I feel like seventeen years. He was like the Robbie Hummel for Clemson football. Um, and also, he already attacked Roger Goodell on stage with that little like. Yeah. So he's already in my good standing. I love he's that. He's ready pick. to tackle some guys. Yes. Yeah. 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 Especially Roger Goodell. <laughs> Keep taking it down. Um, but the reason I picked Miami mainly is because they traded a low second round pick for the tenth overall quarterback from a year ago in Josh Rosen, and they have Ryan Fitzpatrick already there to kind of establish some of that because Ryan Fitzpatrick's probably end up playing because he always does when he's not supposed to and plays pretty well. But uh, Fitz magic, Fitz magic, yeah, yes. man, he was wild with the Bucks last year. But uh, Josh Rosen was a pretty okay quarterback, obviously highly touted. Um, he's like twenty three, I think twenty two, twenty three years old, and they get the tenth overall pick for like a late second round pick just because. Like, I feel like the Cardinals that was just a really really rough trade for them. But uh, so yeah, I like what they did there, and plus they picked a Wisconsin offensive lineman, um, so you know he's probably going to play for fifteen years. Um, so, yeah, kind of like what the Dolphins did. And then, you know, later in the round, round seven, they picked up Miles Gaskin from 
Washington, who was a pretty good runner. I'm not saying he's going to come in and light the world on fire, but he was a pretty good runner in yeah, Washington. for sure. But it was also, um, this is a great transition because one of my losers is actually the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to say that the team with the first overall pick is a loser. But like you said, Josh Rosen, was he good last year? No, he wasn't. He had 11 touchdowns, what, 14 interceptions, a quarterback rating of like 66 but it's hard to give up on somebody that you just drafted with the ninth or eighth overall pick a year ago for a second rounder. Mm-hmm. I get it. Kyler Murray is an athlete, phenomenal athlete. Lit up the world uh, at Oklahoma. I saw firsthand, you know, I don't think he missed a pass versus West Virginia secondary. But that's okay. <laughs> I don't think anyone did all year, Shane. I'm going to be real with you. Uh, yeah, you know, but <laughs> Willie G going to the North Carolina, to the, uh, Carolina Panthers. So, But, yeah, uh, I just think that that's rough. Um, I don't know. You didn't give Josh Rosen enough time. You brought in an offensive-minded uh, coach and – I don't think he really had a quarterback like Kyler Murray in college, so you can't really use that either. Um, I think he had guys who just chucked it. Kyler Murray's more of an athlete, so I don't know if that's the way they're looking to transition. I think it'll be interesting. Uh, People were probably excited about Kyler Murray because he is such an athlete, but to trade away your last year's first-round pick for a second-rounder, and I don't know who else, but pretty rough. But, yeah, I agree. Dolphins, good draft. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that too. My my, – one of my losers here, uh, I picked Kansas City Chiefs, and this is mainly for a couple of things. One, they didn't have any picks, really, because they traded away a bunch of them for Frank Clark, who's probably just going to line off offsides in the most important snap of the year anyway for him. Um, but uh, the, just the whole scenario of the draft, of what went down, losing Tyree Kill, uh, that whole scenario, man, that's that's a little dicey. And now, now we're seeing reports of text messages that... You know, maybe the girl was just going crazy and lying, but that might have been just fake. I don't know. Uh, we don't know what's going on, but the problem is it's Tyree Kill is probably going to get in trouble for this. Um, and they didn't do a lot to help with the terrible run defense. Like, if we watched the AFC Championship game last year, the Patriots could run up the gut for seven yards a carry, it felt like, every single snap. Um, they have a really weak linebacker core, um, and then they traded away all their picks for a defensive end pass rush guy. Um, so didn't love what the Kansas City Chiefs did, but more importantly, it's just kind of what's going on with their team. I mean, you already lose Kareem Hunt a year ago from some crazy stuff, and then now Tyreek Hill. Um, probably time for a little internal evaluation within the organization on how you're teaching your guys. But uh, yeah, what what character are you drafting mm-hmm. here? Like, whenever you're drafting guys, what are you looking at? Maybe that's why they traded away all their picks. They didn't want to take any chances. <laughs> they were like, you know what? We've had some bad luck with this. Let's just skip this year. <laughs> yeah, we'll take the year off. Just get Frank Clark, who also had domestic violence issues when he was in college at Michigan. So, you know, you just know, keep the train going. Yeah, let's just keep going. They're becoming the new Oakland Raiders. I know they have some yes. <laughs> issues. So The 2007 Bengals is, is what the Chiefs are becoming. So, you know, it's some interesting times. So, do you want to go with another winner? Or you want to go with another loser? Yeah, hit up another on? one. Who, who, who's your other winner? Who oh, you man. You know, a lot of people are going to hate this. And I understand most hated team in the NFL. But the New England Patriots, I think what they did was uh, they did well. Yeah. Uh, I think they won the draft. Yeah. Picking up Nikhil Henry in the first round. Not fair. Big bodied guy. Um, you know, I feel like when Tom Brady gets that type of receiver, he kind of flourishes. Josh Gordon last year came over. 11 games, 740 yards, you know. It gave him a target other than just, like, small 
slot receivers. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's really good. Joe Jawan Williams, I actually didn't know much about from Vandy, cornerback. A lot of guys really like this pick. He had 61 tackles last year, two for a loss and four interceptions. Then they picked up Chase Winovich, your Michigan guy. You mm-hmm. can probably talk more on that. Picked up Damian Harris, hard runner from oh, Alabama. Yeah. With Sonny Michelle, it's going to be a good one-two punch. And then they also picked up possibly their quarterback for the future. I'm not sure, but Jason Stidham, who was actually ranked the fourth best quarterback right behind Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins. Ryan Finley, who dropped a lot. Jason Stidham and then Will Greer. So they got fourth best quarterback in later rounds. So I think they did a really good job there. And I think they're going to be ready to go for this year. Yeah. No, the I, I think the Patriots pretty clearly had one of the top three drafts. It's not the best draft. Um, yeah, not not really fair what happened there. Chase Winovich is – I feel like he's either going to do really, really well in New England and he'd be really loved there, or Bill Belichick's just going to hate his guts. And I'm really not sure which one it's going to be. Um, but we'll find out. I picked a, a really weird winner just because I think it'll be fun. I don't know if it's actually making their team better. But the Baltimore Ravens will be really, really fun to watch. <laughs> they have an absolute track team right now that they're building. They're like, okay, we've got a running quarterback. Let's just go all in on that. Get Hollywood Brown, the quickest guy in the world. Miles Boykin. I mean, and then they, they even picked up Trace McSorley out of Penn State in the sixth round in case Lamar Jackson gets hurt so they can keep running. Um, so I don't know if they're going to attempt more than 15 passes all season um, that aren't bubble screens. But they're going to be a really fun watch because they are fast you know i heard they're actually going to the triple option yeah so they're yeah. just they're gonna bring that into the nfl and see how it works but you know i think you can also ask west virginia secondary about how fast hollywood brown is because i saw him just fly past <laughs> our guys all the time during that game so but yeah no i i agree with you they, they're gonna be fun if uh if they can just run by people yeah you know they're not i don't think they're gonna win the division actually maybe they will the afc north is in shambles but uh yeah, it's it's just going to be a fun watch for them. Um, yeah, who who knows really what's going to happen with that draft class? If they're even going to be a good team, probably not. But I think they're fun. Did they also pick up a running back? Yeah, they picked up Justice Hill from Oklahoma State. Mm. Another good runner. Um, yeah, so I think they're going to be fun. They're going to be fast. Uh, I don't know if any team would be able to keep up with them, but will will that translate to winning games? I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Um, and I guess my last loser here is a very common pick, but I'm going to go with it a different route. The Giants. You know, they had the number six pick. You know, everyone said Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, top two by far. They missed on Dwayne Haskins, went to Daniel Jones. Do I think Daniel Jones is going to be a bad player? I don't know. I mean, he did well as senior year at Duke. He played really well in the Senior Bowl for the Senior Bowl MVP. His combine was pretty good. So do I think he could be a good quarterback? Yeah, I do. Um, does he fit Giants' system a little bit better? Maybe that's where they're trying to go because um, Dwayne Haskins is more of a immobile quarterback. I mean, he can run a little bit, but Daniel Jones can run some. Uh, but from my standpoint, they're a loser because they already had their fans mad with the OBJ trade. They had the makings of a young core on offense that would be very good. Trade away OBJ, came back, drafted Daniel Jones. Nobody wanted. They wanted Dwayne Haskins, and I, and I'm a fan. Say it now. I'm a fan of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and I know what it's like to have a fan base be irate with ownership, and it's not a fun system. Mm-hmm. So just taking that draft pick, and like I said, maybe it could work out for him, and I hope it does. 
but making that is going to be hard for your fan base to get behind you. I've seen it firsthand for Pirates. They ownership messes up all the time, and the fans get irate. And it's just hard to get behind a team like that. Um, but I hope the Giants fan base is better, and they really get behind Daniel Jones and see what happens. I know. Uh, I know they're tired of Eli. I mean, I would be too after his atrocious years. Um, but we'll see what happens. But that's why I would say they're losers, just because the fans aren't getting behind them anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it, it's unfortunate to see that. Um, I don't think there's any I, – I think Daniel Jones has more pressure than any pick in the last five years to be successful um, just because of where he was selected. And the Giants had another pick in like the 17th – was the 17th pick? Yeah. They could have easily just picked him there. I don't think he would have been off the board. Um, but, you know, they, they, they took their guy, and, and it's the whole Cutcliffe thing. The guy down at Duke – has taught Peyton Manning and Eli Manning in the offseason for years and years and years, was their head coach, was Peyton's head coach at Tennessee, was involved in Ole Miss without Eli Manning. So I think they're just trying to get another Eli Manning clone, which will be means he's going to be pretty good for eight years, win a couple Super Bowls, and then be the worst quarterback in the league for the next six with a massive contract. So if that's the case, congratulations, Daniel Jones, for making millions of dollars. And um, possibly winning two Super Bowls. Yeah. <laughs> beating the 17-0 Patriots, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah, with Nikhil Harry on the outside <laughs> as Randy Moss. So... Uh, my last loser, I did have an actual team, the Texans, because I've never heard of any of their picks, but that's True. just a really <laughs> lack of information for me. I mean, they could be awesome. I have no clue. Never heard of them. But the other losers, clearly the bachelorette parties that were down in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, ouch. Absolute train wreck down there. I saw some high-quality journalism um, <laughs> down there with two, uh, two of these reporters going around to bachelorette parties and infiltrating them and asking them draft questions. <laughs> and these girls were absolutely out of mind. And uh, it, was, it was just a, it was, it was good quality TV. Um, but, yeah. So here's the real loss. thing. What, what would you do if you were a bachelorette party and the National Predators were playing as well? Then you have the Predators, the draft, and bachelorette parties. Oh, man. You're, 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 in, <laughs> you're in for a, a long day. Um, I would just drive over to Knoxville or something and find another, find another town to go invade. But, I would uh, just go hike to the top of a mountain in the Smokies and just relax there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay, so let's move on uh, real quick before we end up wrapping up the draft. Uh, let's do way too early NFC, AFC, Offensive and Defensive Rookies of the Year. You want to kick us off um, with, I don't know, pick one. Yeah. Uh, AFC Rookie of the Year, uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year. I've already mentioned it, Nikhil Harry. Yeah. Henry. Harry. Henry, yeah. Henry. Yeah, there, there we go. go. <laughs> there we go. Uh, you know, again, I already mentioned it, big body receiver. May not be the fastest guy in the world, but he gives a big target for Tom Brady to throw to. I think what may be hard for him is that I don't know who else Tom Brady's going to throw to. So he could see, you know, number one corner. So he's going to see a lot of possible double coverage. So... It just depends on what they do, but I can see him having a big year. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree, and I, I'm going with another receiver in the AFC for my rookie offensive player of the year. Um, and this one might be a bit of a stretch, but I'm going A.J. Brown out of Ole Miss, who's with Tennessee. Um, he was an absolute stud. Everyone talked about you know his buddy, uh, D.K. Metcalf, who ended up going in the fourth round to shirtless Pete Carroll but um, and, and the Seahawks. But I really like A.J. Brown, and I think – Within the Titans system, I feel like he's the type of guy that will just quietly end up having 15 touchdowns and 900 receiving yards, and that, that'll be enough. I don't know. That's just kind of what I think of. <laughs> no one's really going to talk about him until towards the end of the year. Like, oh, this guy actually had a pretty solid year and ended up giving him the AFC Offensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year. 
Okay, uh, I'll keep rolling with the with the offensive player, offensive rookie of the year, NFC. Uh, can a tight end win this award? Oh, for sure. Because sure. I don't think anyone has since this came into existence. Maybe Jeremy Shockey. <laughs> Jeremy Shockey. <laughs> Who knows? What a guy. TJ Hawkinson drafted early to the Detroit Tiger, t- Detroit Lions. Tigers are coming up soon. Yeah, we'll talk about them here. Foreshadowing, but. You know, he's just that they they say he's that tight end to be a difference maker. Um, and again, you know, put him out there, see what happens. I think he have a big year if they use him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just in case he can't win the award because tight ends don't, uh, I picked David Montgomery from the Chicago Bears. Uh, hard runner. Mm-hmm. They got rid of Jordan Howard, so he's going to be a uh, he's going to split some time with Cohen and. You never know. I mean, he could come out and just light the world on fire. I saw him at Iowa State, good runner, most mm-hmm. effective runner in the Big 12 last year. So, yeah. You know, and Mitchell Trubisky doesn't throw the ball all too well or often. So, yeah. I think he could get a, get some early snaps and start breaking it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and my NFC offense rookie of the year was actually David Montgomery as well. I went with that pick because I, I, I saw, you know, Jordan Howard had a couple of great years there, um, but now that he's gone, uh, looks like my, it was basically looking for a guy who actually is going to get the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyler Murray probably is the most obvious and likely of the picks. Um, if he if he gets anywhere near any snaps, he's probably going to win the award. Um, but who wants to do that? That's no fun to go with one one overall. So yeah, yeah David Montgomery it is. I'll, I'll I'll keep rolling here. A- NFC Defensive Rookie of the Year. I'm going Devin White, linebacker out of LSU to the Bucks five overall. Um, it hurt me. Um, this is the second war. I think he's the second. Best Devin linebacker out of this draft. <laughs> Hard bias towards Devin Bush, um, but Devin White's basically the same player. He's a clone. Um, really fast, really athletic, um, middle of the field linebacker, and uh, yeah, I think he'll tear it up for for Tampa Bay. Yeah, I will go NFC Defensive Rookie of the Year. Common pick, you know, Nick Bosa. My reasoning: he took a year off, so his legs are fresh. He's ready to go. <laughs> He's gonna win it. He's gonna be big. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't done anything in a long time. Yeah, so. so his legs are fresh. Fresher than everybody else. Yeah, so. literally he's just been squatting. <laughs> um, AFC Rookie of the Year, defensively, Quinnen Williams to the Jets. Uh, this guy was a menace at Alabama in the middle of the line. Um, he, the, the problem, I think, with Rookie of the Year is like the stats for defensive tackles obviously aren't as, you know, sometimes, unless you're an elite defensive tackle, you're not going to get the sack numbers. You're not going to get a boatload of tackles for loss. You're probably just going to get a bunch of you know tackles and assists and stuff like that. But uh, he's a menace in, inside, and he he has braces. I mean, can we get those? Can we, what, what's going on with his dental bill here? The guy's had braces for like four years. Um, he, he's he's. I think we got to get him to the orthodontist. Like, a, can we get him a better dental coverage here now that he's in the NFL? You know, my mom is a orthodontist assistant, so maybe she can take a look and just see what's going on. Yeah, let's there. get but, let's get Cindy Wellman in there. But we'll we'll see. Uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year AFC side, I picked uh, Josh Allen. Uh, going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, what, two years ago had probably the best defense in the league. Um, he has playmakers around him that could draw more focus to them and let him get free. Um, I could see him getting rushing the quarterback a lot, mm-hmm. uh, be on the edge there. So I'm going to go with him just based on the playmakers around him that maybe he's not going to get targeted as much. So. Yeah, I like those picks. I like those picks. Uh, yeah, so that's that, that's NFL draft talk. You know, it's been a 
It was a good, exciting time. I'm going to be real with you. Didn't watch more than like 10 minutes of the actual live coverage. Oh, Just no, kind of got way not. over it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to hear about it later. So uh, We were actually at Avengers Endgame during the draft. So yeah. we missed like the first, I don't know, 15 picks or something. I don't know. Because it was like a six-hour movie. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Which we, that was, that was I mean, and, and let's be real. The movie was fantastic. fantastic. Going to see it again on Tuesday. Don't want to give too many spoilers because the Russo brothers said we can't talk about spoilers until Monday. Um, if you haven't seen it, you're just wrong. You're wrong. I agree. Um, it, it's a it's a great movie. Um, but yeah, no, do not go with the large Slurpee because um, you will regret it because it's th- it's 181 minutes. Yeah, I actually think I stopped drinking for the movie at uh, 8 a.m. that day and had to go get an IV the next day because I was so dehydrated because I didn't want to get out of the theater. <laughs> so <laughs> next level commitment. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, well, we can't have a sports po- talk podcast here without uh, talking NHL playoffs. Let's talk hockey a little bit. John Butchergrosh would be proud. A um, lot of exciting things up, up here in Columbus, obviously, with the, with the Blue Jackets there. Um, to, to start out, the Blue Jackets sweeping the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. I know it's old news, um, but I wanted to just bring that up. Is that the worst postseason collapse in the history of sports? The greatest NHL team of all time. Tied for the greatest NHL team in regular season of all time, getting swept by a team that snuck into the postseason and limped in. Um, just wanted to see <laughs> that's a curveball. I mean, here, it, I think it. I think it's if not, it's close. Um, you know, I could do some quick research here, but I mean, that is bad. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes to show how important Bobrovsky is for that team. Exactly. They, you know, they have a bunch of playmakers, and don't get me wrong, they can skate with any team out there. I think, um, but when Bobrovsky's good, he's the best goal in the league. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what he's been this postseason, his playoff run. He's been very good, and that's how they swept. Um, so yeah, I think it is a bad collapse on Tampa Bay's, but I also think you have to give the. Blue Jackets credit for the way they played, and especially Bobrovsky just standing on his head most nights. So. Mm. But yeah, yeah, worst postseason class, I would say it has to be at least top five. Yeah, just some other ones for reference. Obviously, Virginia versus uh, the team with Baltimore College. I don't know, uh, UMBC. U- U- University of Maryland, Baltimore, something. I don't yeah. even know if that's, that's what yeah. it's I think it's University of Maryland, Baltimore College. They couldn't decide between a university and college, so they went with that. But uh yeah, that was obviously probably the worst. Um, Warriors losing the 3-1 lead to the Cavs. Um, then the Cavs doing it next year. Awkward. Um, then Falcons losing to the Patriots after being up 28-3 at half. But at least in those circumstances, they had a lead going in. Um, the lighting just never had a chance. It reminded me a little bit of like almost like a miracle type thing where the Blue Jackets just kind of were the aggressor the whole series against a team that hadn't been aggressed against um, all year. But obviously, Bob, looking strong. Um you know, another, you know, I, I like to plug my favorite teams any anytime I can. And that's because, you know, in the Fiesta Bowl in 2007, 99% of the world chose Oklahoma to beat West Virginia. We beat them. So <laughs> that's a big postseason meltdown right there. Ooh, that is – well, what about the first time Boise State beat Oklahoma? Oh, I think that, it was also in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. Statue of Liberty with Ian Johnson at running back. I think he proposed to his his girlfriend right after the game. Just an emotional roller coaster for Boise, Idaho. It's more action they've seen in years. <laughs> um, yeah, so I uh, just want to jump into the what. Do you, so, what are your thoughts on the the Stanley Cup Finals playoffs so far? Maybe some predictions. Who you think who you think is going to take it all the way? Yeah, this is going to look really bad because we're recording this on uh, the day after the Carolina Hurricanes swept the Isles. 
Uh, Carolina Hurricanes in the Eastern, bunch of jerks, man. Buy <laughs> into it. Yeah. They they look good. They're playing hard. Uh, they're a scrappy team. I think uh, it's exciting to see what were they this first wild card team. So they, you know, there's a chance for seven eight to play in Eastern Conference Finals. But I think I like the Carolina Hurricanes just the way they're playing. Um, they're a lot of fun to watch and just getting behind that bunch of jerks mentality. Um, and then in the Western, you know, I have a shout out to my. Uh, partner here the st louis blues yeah man uh, i know they're down three two after last night but you know they're bennington jordan from, bennington man He's phenomenal phenomenal i think he had like a sub one seven goals against average during the regular season yeah he came in in january and he completely changed the script there for him yeah so if if he stays good i can see them making a run i mean they obviously have to win two straight versus the stars which is going to be tough but I, I'm sticking with that pick. Uh, just ride Bennington. Mm-hmm. I like that, yeah. Uh, last night, they got a little Boo Birds from the home crowd last night, which is uh, not something you love to see. But uh, Carolina is – I'm, I'm going to go with Carolina as well. Again, we did pick these before they ended up completing the sweep. I think it was <laughs> 2 nothing in the series when I actually picked the thing. So this looks even worse. Um, and then I'm going to go with the Colorado Avalanche making it out of the West. Um, they tied up the series last night with San Jose. They play really, really well when they're on. Um, when they're not, they don't look as good. But um, I think they've been really putting it together as of late. Um, we love Nathan McKinnon in the middle there. Um, they, I mean, just I feel like this whole Stanley Cup playoffs is just every team had like a really weird regular season, and it's really cool with all the storylines that you could write. Um, it's been really good for hockey. Um, we lost all of the top seeds yeah. early on, um, which. I don't think we've ever really seen something like that, but it was it was really cool. Yeah, no, that it's fun. It's fun to see that. And my and my only thing is that I feel like more people are excited about hockey, which is a shame when the big market teams are in. So like for the playoffs, granted, CBJ just blew their market rating out of the water for their last couple games, but in history, it seems like whenever the big market teams are out, that's when the NHL playoffs falter. So I can see why NHL personnel could be upset just because their markets could, you know, if you see a Colorado versus Carolina final, like ratings may not be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I'm excited for it. It's fun to see, you know, we'll see what happens. You could have an 8 8 matchup for the Stanley Cup finals or an 8 7, is what you're predicting. So. It's fun. Uh, we'll we'll see how it goes, but yeah, I love it. Yeah, so um, yeah, let's uh, let's move on to to the sport that we obviously know the most about. Um, for those of you who don't know, which I'm surprised if you if you're listening to this and don't know us, thank you. That would be amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, Shane and I both retired Division three collegiate standouts um, uh, for baseball. So we're gonna move on to to the sport we know and love, and that is major leagues. Um, one month ish in may the fourth be with you. By the way, didn't even mention that. Thank you, man. Star Wars coming took me out a half Christmas. hour to get there. Man, Star Wars, Star Wars is going to be legendary. The trailer was awesome. Gave me some chills. It was great. Um, let's start out with where we ended up last year, where the Boston Red Sox took the world by storm. Fantastic run, um, and they knocked off the Dodgers in, in the World Series. And here we are in May, and they are struggling. They are in fourth place. Um, at 15 and 18 in the American League East. Um, so I just wanted to get your thoughts here on, on the Red Sox start to their season. Um, the 
the, the what I saw here is an interesting stat um, on MLB Network the other day was that um, the Boston Red Sox had the worst run differential for a defending World Series champion in the last like 70 years. Um, and, and, and they're still at a negative 20 run differential, even though they're six and four in their last 10 games. Um, so just want to get your thoughts on the Red Sox. Is it, t- are they going to make the playoffs? I'll put it that way. Are yeah, they in or are they not? I think you, uh, I'm going to say no, they are not going to be in. And it's not because I think they're going to have a losing record. Um, they have been terrible to start the year. Probably the most disappointing team up to date. Of the entire MLB. Like, yeah, sure, the Marlins have nine wins, but nobody expected them to be good. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox, most disappointing team, and no, they will not make the playoffs because I think the AL East is that good. I think once the Yankees get healthy, they're obviously going to be good, and the Rays are phenomenal so far. Their pitching staff is lighting up the world. Um, so I don't think that uh, I don't think they'll make the playoffs. I think they will end up with a winning record. I think they'll start to figure things out. Uh, Sale looked great last night, um, and they just got to get their star players back. Uh, JD Martinez four home runs throughout the year so far, sixteen RBIs. You have Mookie Betts, who has six and seventeen. He's back up to two ninety three. So I think he's going to start to get hot. It's just. Getting those guys back into form, and I, th- I think they'll make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, no, I don't think they'll make the playoffs. I think they'll have a winning record. Yeah, I think I, th- I think they're going to get in still. Um, and the reason being is we had the same conversation about the Dodgers at the end of May last year, and they just had too much talent, too much depth. the The concern for me is the bullpen. Um, we'll see if they can piece that together, um, but we'll see. Yeah, and you mentioned the Rays. Obviously, a fantastic start. Um, nobody. Nobody in their organization, I don't think there's any organization in baseball that works harder at finding diamonds in the rough than the Tampa Bay Rays because it's, that's what the hand that they're forced and they're dealt with. Every trade they've made has been gold for them so far. Um, don't want to mention too, too hard on the Pirates <laughs> trade. Sorry. Um, Meadows, Glass now have been fantastic. Tommy Pham from the Cardinals has been fantastic. Yandy Diaz from the Indians. Um, not to mention the fact that they're, they're giving up the least amount of runs in baseball by like 15 to 20 runs. Um, so the Rays have been obviously phenomenal, and it makes it difficult for the Red Sox to come back in um, into the picture. The Yankees have nobody healthy. I think their starting nine is hurt, um, but they're somehow winning ball games. Um, so who knows? Who knows? The, the AL East might be turning into one of the more interesting races in baseball, which we kind of predicted, but maybe in a, a little bit of a different a different light. Um, we we'll move on a little bit to uh, to what happened a, a day ago. Um, you know, remember, if we, if we don't remember last year, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., number one prospect in baseball, comes up, hits 35 home runs up from the leadoff spot, I feel like. Hit five games in a row where he had a leadoff home run. Um, Jose Urania, uh, young pitcher for the Marlins, throws high 90s, uh, runs a two-seam fastball in and drills him. And first pitch of the game. First pitch of the game on national TV, drills the guy. And uh, benches clear. Big, bro- I mean, big, uh, huge, huge tensions come out. Uh, and so last night, uh, Kevin Gosman for the for the Braves, bit of a veteran himself, throws a little bit of gas, throws behind Jose Urania, the pitcher, um, in the middle of May here. Uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. What do you think? Um, what do you think? What's your takeaways? Yeah, uh, and, and if we do recall, Freddie Freeman did say retaliation is real after they hit Acuna. So I think people saw it coming. Um, did we see him throwing behind Urena, the pitcher? I no, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, there there's the unwritten rule of, you know, you throw at somebody who shows you up, you do that, you retaliate. But there's also another unwritten rule that you don't throw at the pitcher. Um, so I think it's weird. But then when you think about it, I mean, who else are you going to throw at on that Marlins team? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, you tend to throw at the star players. No offense to the Marlins, but you're 9 and. 400 record you're not brushing back yeah. brian anderson yeah i'm really not brushing back anybody so, starling castro look out lewis <laughs> brinson who's sent back down to triple a i'll throw at him <laughs> you know so i can see why they chose urania urania um mm-hmm. it's just i i don't know it's hard to throw at a pitcher because he's an automatic out yeah. I know you wanted to make your point by throwing behind them, but you also know that as soon as you throw behind someone, you're you're going to be gone unless you're Chris Archer. Yeah. And you can throw behind people and it doesn't matter. For sure. For sure. Uh, one last thing I want to touch on before we get into our first month of the year awards. Uh, Vlad Jr. makes his debut. Um, fantastic crowd in, in, in Toronto. They, were, they gave him a standing ovation for fielding a foul ground ball. Um, it was amazing. He's obviously the highly, most highly touted hitting prospect in a long time, probably with Acuna coming in last year as well. Um, so how does this compare to maybe some other amazing debuts you maybe have seen? Um, what, what else have you – like can you compare this kind of excitement from a sport to anything else? Uh, honestly, right now I think we're seeing a comparison between two sports where everyone is just so excited about somebody and that's – Vlad Jr. and Zion coming into the NBA. I think some people are so excited about him just because he's a freak of nature. Um, so I can kind of compare that. But to see someone, baseball-wise, I mean, Mike Trout and Bryce Harper, when they came up, they were pretty big. But But you're seeing it so much this year. So it's kind of like, it's deluding having Vlad Jr. come up just because – and I was going to ask you this. Are you more excited for the AL rookie rookies or the NL? Because in the NL, you have Tatis Jr., Alonzo, Christian Walker, Verdugo, Robles, Paddock, Soroka from the Braves. Like you have all these young rookies coming up. And I, I think it kind of diluted that fact for me because there are so many out there that are – top prospects coming up this year. No, I agree. Yeah, that, and, and we're, we're, we're in a great position in baseball where there are so many people who are 20 to 23 years old that are just lighting it up. And, uh, yeah, it, it's fun to see. The, the, other, the other debut that it comes to mind was, for me was Steven Strasburg against mm. your Pirates where oh. everyone in the world stopped and watched. Every yeah. baseball fan out there stopped and watched this kid from San Diego State um, just – dominate a little bit so that was that 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 came to mind for me really fun for for the baseball i'm glad for the blue jays who needed some love um but yeah let's go ahead and and wrap up the sports talk here with some some nl and al mvp and cy youngs now i went with this like on first month performance and this is not really a prediction for me maybe it's prediction for you i don't know i was going with that based on their first month this is who i give the award to uh no i agree this is not a prediction for me because a lot of these numbers are not going to be sustained throughout the year and you'll see that very quickly with my nl mvp pick cody bellinger you i don't think you could choose anybody but him yep up to this point 425, 14 homers, 38 RBIs, 1367 OPS up till May 2nd, um, six stolen bases. And no, these were not stats that I got playing 
MLB 19 the show. It's hard to hit this yeah, year. Oh, yeah. We'll have to get on that another podcast because yeah. it, it's <laughs> difficult this year to hit. Yeah, no, I, I'm terrible at it. So these are real-life numbers from Cody Bellinger. MVP pick up to this point. It'll be fun to watch him and Christian Yelich go at it for the rest of the year. Though. Mm-hmm. Quick nugget here on Cody Bellinger, who's also my pick. Uh, 3.2 war through May 2nd. Um, his war through one month is better than the following 2018 years from these players. Reese Hoskins, Marcelo Zuna, Miguel Andujar, the AL Rookie of the Year, Anthony Rizzo, and George Springer had lower wars for the whole season, wins above replacement there, than Bellinger did for the first month of the season. So just let that sink in a little bit. He's making an impact. Um, NL Cy Young, I'm going to go a little bit off the wall here. Um, I'm going to go with the young stud that we mentioned a little earlier, Chris Paddock from the San Diego Padres. Fantastic start. He's off a 2-1 record with a 1-9-1 ERA, a .7 whip. His batting average against is 126. People are not hitting him. Um, he has a huge changeup. His differential between fastball and changeup can get up to 15 miles an hour. Um, fun fact, just to pick on the Marlins even more, they traded Chris Paddock away for Fernando Rodney. Oh, what a 43-year-old Fernando Rodney. This was a couple years ago, so he was 40 or 41. Honorable mention for me as well. Give some love back to the Marlins. Caleb Smith, lefty for the Marlins, has been pretty good. Um, I know you'll touch on him here too, but uh, who's your pick? Yeah, Yeah, I also have Caleb. I don't have Caleb Smith as my winner, but I have him written down here. Phenomenal year so far, even though, you know, shining moment for the 9 and 400 Miami Marlins. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, it seems bad now because he just went in on pitcher of the month. But Luis Castillo for the Reds. Even though they are possibly hitting like 190 as a team, <laughs> Luis Castillo three and one, one four five uh, ERA, forty three innings pitched, fifty strikeouts, and a point nine nine WHIP. Uh, Changeup could be the best in baseball. Unhittable. He could throw that to me four hundred times and tell me it's coming right down the middle. And I think I'd still swing over it or be way out in front of it. I watched him opening day versus the Pirates, and they looked helpless. Um, and I've watched him a couple times since, and it just seems like hitters just. They can't gauge it. Um, phenomenal changeup. Throwing high 90s still. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's exciting. He's exciting to watch. So he's my pick. But then I have a little interesting question for you. What does an NL reliever have to do to win your one month Cy Young award? Because Man. Kirby Yates, 14 saves in one month with a .5 ERA. Uh, that's unhittable. I mean, Kirby Yates... I mean, he's, it's not like we're just calling up like a Jose Alvarado from Tampa Bay or someone that's like, oh, this guy was highly touted on the minors. This guy's been around the block, and he has just been dominant for the Padres. Um, and, yeah, he's he's had a heck of a start. Um, it's, it's unfortunate that relievers really only can win like the Rolades Relief Man of the Year. It's just a really <laughs> unfortunate award. Um, but, yeah, man, he's been phenomenal. Um, love on the Padres. I really like what they're doing. I've hated what they've done for the past, like, five years, ever since they traded for all those old, expensive players like Matt Kemp and B.J. Upton. But they're, they're a fun watch right now. Yeah, they are. Uh, unfortunately, their big signing of Eric Hosmer has not necessarily panned out yet, but it seems like they're going to be fun. And just, you know, fun stuff for Kirby Yates real fast is – his ERA is actually up to 1.06 now instead of 0.5. Uh, so he's out. Yeah, he's he's gone. But uh, he actually has more saves. 14 is either equal or more than 10 teams in MLB. 
Wins. Wins. Ten teams wins. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> One of those teams obviously being the Marlins. Keep on hating them. Um, so, so we'll move on to the AL here real quick. Uh, AL MVP, who you got for the first month? Oh, I, you know, honestly, like, can I just say Mike Trout because we know what's going to happen <laughs> at the end of the year. You know where it's going to end up. Yeah, so we, we know, you know, Mike Trout's going to be there. But just for the sake of argument, um, I have two guys down here. One, just one AL player of the month or whatever. Tim Anderson, 365, six homers, 18 RBIs, 970 OPS with 10 stolen bases. And two major bat flips. Two major <laughs> bat flips. Um, if that was a stat, I think he may be winning at the moment. Uh, we've seen some crazy bat flips so far this year. But sustainable, no. Uh, Tim Anderson's not going to hit 365 for the year. Um, but it was fun for him. You know, I'm, I'm happy for the White Sox. You know, they made all these trades for all these prospects, and you're starting to see it come together almost, even though Tim Anderson's not really a prospect. He's a younger guy, but yeah. But, you know, that was fun. And then the other guy I have is on a terrible team, so he will never win MVP, but Hunter Dozier. Have to give Great. some love to him. Great month. 337, seven homers, 17 RBIs, 1104 OPS. Great year for Hunter Dozier so far. Great month for Hunter Dozier. Um, so those would be my two picks. Um, yeah, love that. Um, I'm going to give some love here to uh, to my boy from Missouri, Luke the Honky Tonk Man Voight. <laughs> and this this is going off of the what is your definition of most valuable. Um, as we mentioned before, the Yankees are just in shambles. They got hit by the plague um, for the first month. And Luke Voigt has carried them. Um, 277 average, a 945 OPS. He's got nine homers, 26 RBI. Um, just a great, and, and he's a great interview. Have you ever heard him talk on MLB The Network or whatever? He's, he's awesome. Um, and he's jacked, absolutely jacked. Um, so he is, he is one of the main reasons that um, Luke Voigt, uh, that the Yankees have been done, done well so far um, in spite of their injuries. Um, A.L. Cy Young, uh, for me so far, I'm going with Jose Barrios, who has just been phenomenal for the Twins. Twins, um, we didn't get to touch on them yet, um, just for, for time constraints, but uh, they've had a heck of a start. Um, and Barrios is a main reason. 2.91 ERA, 5-1, and one, uh, .9 whip, 43 K, 46 Ks, and he's got a 1.3 war um, as a pitcher so far in the month. He's obviously more talent than anyone. Nasty, nasty stuff. And uh, when he's when he's locating anywhere near where he wants, I don't know if there's a guy in the league that touches him. So he's been really good so far. Um, honorable mention for me, Domingo Herman, another guy from the Yankees mm. that's had a really, really good start. Um, one of the main reasons they haven't had to go sign a Dallas Keuchel or go trade for another pitcher here, um, uh, while Luis Severino is probably out for a while. Um, he's been a huge mainstay for them. I just want to give some love there too. Yeah, my AL Cy Young, you know, pretty, again, Going with the grain here, but I picked him before he was announced uh, AL Pitcher of the Month. But Tyler Glass now, shout out to the Pittsburgh Pirates for developing him. Um, you know, this stinks where he doesn't. It. Yeah, this one hurts, but you got to give credit where credit is due. He's been pretty much unhittable this entire year. Uh, if you guys don't watch Pitching Ninja on Twitter, watch some of his curveball, fastball stuff. It is phenomenal, but it's gross. He just won again last night, puts him to 6-0 with a 1-4-7 ERA, 43 innings pitched, 46 strikeouts, only 7 walks on the year, and a whip of .86. So, for those of you that don't know, Tyler Glass now, he is, he 
for the Pirates, he walked everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Could so not control anything. Yeah. This turnaround has been phenomenal for him. I'm excited to watch how he goes. Hard thrower, big curveball. Um, this is mm-hmm. who the Pirates thought he could be but never became. So I'm excited for him. He's definitely my first month Cy Young. Yeah, and he's been phenomenal. They made a he I saw somebody he made a small adjustment in his leg kick and his delivery. Um he kinda lowered it a little bit and simplified his delivery and has been been working off for him. Um yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, that that's that's a wrap for the sports talk uh section. Um so yeah, one another uh, the reason we kinda wanted to start this is we we really just wanted to talk a little bit about stuff we love. Um, and, and just share it with whoever even cares to listen, even if it's just ourselves. Um, and, and we love talking sports and we love talking about our faith. Um, so the name, um, Shane, if you want to take a, take it away here, um, talk a little bit about why we're doing this. Yeah. So as Brett mentioned, we just really love, um, talking about our faith. Brett is a current young life leader. Um, and I was a young life leader for two and a half, three years before I went back to school. But that is something that we really are passionate about is like sharing our faith and really, opening up scripture and like talking about the Bible and the gospel because we see how much it's impact our lives. Um, so our name is sports talk 316. I think you guys got the first part of sports talk. We kind of hit on that for a long time, but the 316 comes from the verse John 316, which reads for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Um, we kind of picked that just because it is, it's a very common verse. Uh, Tim Tebow put it on his eye patches in the national championship game at Florida. Um, but it's also just a life verse. Like it is, it's the picture of what we want to share this, why we do these podcasts. Um, you know, for us, it's something that you memorize when you're a child, you know, you, you get it because it does go throughout your entire life. Um, and then Brett, you can talk a little bit on it as well. Yeah, um, yeah. This is something that we're just excited to share um, because it, it tells us, like in, in this world today, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on that that's not not exactly great. It doesn't take long to turn on the news and feel a little bit discouraged. And um, you know, we we have here in this in this Bible and in, in this verse specifically, we have some hope um, where where God tells us how much He loves us and how much He loves every one of you. And we just wanted to share that with you guys too, because it's just changed everything for us, and it's changed how we see everything and how we live, and and um, it, it it's just such a joy just to be able to talk about this stuff. And you know, we're gonna keep doing this, um, whether anyone listens to it or not, because it's a lot of fun for us. But uh, you know, we we love getting to talk about what our faith means to us, and we're gonna dive dive deeper into that a little bit more as we go um, about what it means to for us to to get to see who Jesus is in our lives and how much He loves us and how much He's changed us. So. Um, yeah, that's, that's basically all we had here for our, for our first ever episode. Uh, may the fourth be with you all. Um, we're probably not going to get it on this day, so that might not make sense, but, uh, thanks for, for hanging with us. For those of you who, who listen to this, this is awesome. Um, yeah, this, this will be the first ever episode. We'll, we'll get back to you. I'm not sure when we're doing it again, but I'm hoping <laughs> it'll be soon. Yeah, this was fun. So we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. See ya.